those who founded our country knew that freedom would be secure only if each generation thought to renew and enlarge its meaning. Now, our generation of Americans has been called on to continue the unending search for justice within our own borders. To be self-evident that all men are created equal. Yet millions are being deprived of those blessings. Now let's make this final. And with that, the Texas elections bill that has made headlines for the last several months is officially law. The new law will make it harder for the elderly, disabled, and people in urban communities to vote. Legislative measures limiting ballot access are now moving through 47 state houses right now. The court took up two restrictions in Arizona. Both made it harder for minorities to vote. Election law experts say the court now leaves few legal weapons to challenge new voting restrictions recently passed in nearly 20 states. The John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act is about Congress finally doing its job. The best way that we can live up to the legacy of John Lewis is to remember that he fought for every American to have the equal right to vote. We all know that this is not a Democratic or Republican issue. It is an American one. And I will fight until the death to make sure every citizen has that right to vote. If not us, then who? If not now, then when? The heart of the Lamar universe is so long, but it been toward justice. It is deadly wrong to deny any of your fellow Americans the right to vote in this country. Our work is not finished. The assault on our Capitol on January 6th last year is a day that should live in infamy in the minds of every American. The insurrection was a direct assault on our democracy and an attempted coup. The global collapse of democracy has invaded America. And it's up to us to fight for democracy and the American way of life. Least we lose our freedoms and our right to vote. We must never let our country be overthrown and ruled by a dictator. January 6th was a violent and deadly attack against all Americans, against our country, our democracy, and our freedom as voters to choose the leaders that represent us so that we can have a government of, by, and for the people. The attacks continue. One year later, the same faction that attacked our country on January 6th is hard at work silencing our voices by restricting our freedom to vote, attacking fair voting districts, and quietly preparing future attempts to sabotage free and fair elections, and with it, our democracy. So this January 6th, exactly one year later, Americans across race, place, party, and background 
are holding candlelight vigils and voter actions to urge Congress and the president to pass federal legislation to protect our right to vote and our democracy. The U.S. Senate and President Biden must do whatever is necessary to pass the Freedom to Vote Act, the Protecting Our Democracy Act, the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, and DC statehood. Coming together, we can prevent another January 6th attack and realize the promise of democracy for all of us, no matter our color, zip code, our income. So we all have an equal say in the decisions that shape our daily lives and futures. Join us as we remember the officers killed and injured as a result of the insurrection. Come to make sure it never happens again. Let's gather together to call for an end to the politics of division and to protect democracy and voting rights. I will be holding a candlelight vigil in Whittier, California at City Hall at 6 p.m. Our featured speaker is United States Representative Linda Sanchez. If you're in the East Los Angeles County area or nearby, come by on Thursday, January 6th at 6 to remember the insurrection and the officers who lost their lives and the damage that was done to our nation. We will meet in front of City Hall in Whittier, California for a candlelight vigil and to remember those who died and were injured defending our capital and our nation. And if you're not in Whittier, go to jan6unityday.org to find an event near you or even to host one in your town or community. That's jan6unityday.org. It's so important that we defend our democracy and remember the insurrection for what it was, an attack on democracy so that we can make sure that it never happens again. Reporting. Uh, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser first called Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy to ask for help at 1.34 p.m. It looks now like the Capitol the, the police... Yeah, now, Pete, let me break away from you a second because things are happening very quickly. According to your written testimony, you were, quote, aware that demonstrators had breached the Capitol.
it's worse than we thought. Not only is the right caught up in blatantly false propaganda about the election and other weird and bizarre conspiracy theories, the left is also under the influence of false propaganda. Not only is the far right little more than a nationalistic cult, we too are engaged in cult-like behavior and thinking. Not only do many white people harbor unconscious bigotry, while some are outright racist, we too harbor unconscious bias and hatred. It's not just conservatives and progressives who are deluded. There's false propaganda for moderates and independents too. We all believe false things. Now I know what you're saying. Everyone here thinks they're right. And we wouldn't have the views we have or hold the opinions we have if we didn't think we were right. I wouldn't be here talking to you if I didn't think I had something important to say. We must, however, be willing to admit we could be wrong. We are all under the influence of propaganda. We all have false beliefs. We all harbor prejudice. We all come to the table from our own personal, social, and cultural context. We are all biased and must become aware and conscious of our prejudices. Yet we are better at pointing out other people's prejudices than we are our own. We really don't believe we're bigots. In fact, most people have an adverse reaction to being called a racist. Some respond that it's the system that's racist, not individuals. Many have tried to purify themselves of every trace of racism, yet it's often other people's bigotry that we focus on, not our own. And consider this, why do anti-racists work on ridding themselves of racism? I mean, racism is what they're against. How racist could they be, really? If we really want to become aware of our prejudices, we might begin asking ourselves questions like, who do we hate? Who are we angry at? Who do we oppose? Who are our enemies? These questions might actually help us identify our unconscious biases and prejudices. We are all being fed lies and disinformation on a daily basis. As French philosopher Jacques Hulot pointed out, much of what passes for political opinion is really just the regurgitation of propaganda. Many people are emotional, concerned about having a sense of belonging, of being in the know, and some people simply seek to avoid conflict, and others may hold strong opinions, but they're easily manipulated by professional propagandists who disseminate disinformation to groups of people down from above through political parties, organizations, corporations, the media, academia, academia, religious institutions, and the like. We are inundated with propaganda on a daily basis. 
it's important to be aware of how many people, groups, and organizations are trying to manipulate us in one way or another, usually for money. Okay, so a few basics about propaganda. As we see here in this slide, propaganda is about the dissemination of information, facts, arguments, rumors, half-truths, or lies to influence public opinion. Now, there are other definitions of propaganda as false, more modern usage, but I'm really more with Jacques Ilo, who tells us that propaganda is everything we use to make sense of the world. It includes things like advertising, messaging, public relations, and the narrative that everybody's talking so much about. So propaganda influences people's attitudes, opinions, and behavior. And what this means is that pr propaganda consists of many things, including media, books, news, entertainment, even clothing can be used as propaganda. So many people don't want me to tell you about propaganda. They don't want you to know about propaganda because they want to keep using it on you. Sure, they want you to be critical of the opposition's propaganda, but they don't want you to be critical of their narrative. That's why they call it public relations or messaging or the narrative. In our information society, however, it's, it's important to be critical of the information that we consume. So we demystify propaganda by recognizing that it's everywhere, not only in the dark corners of the internet somewhere where only extremists hang out. We recognize propaganda's power when we realize its persuasiveness. Someone is trying, it's like if someone is trying to sell us something, we put our guard up, at least we'd be cheated. And this is how we need to think about political messaging. Someone is trying to sell us something. That salesperson is probably not telling us the whole truth and probably doesn't have our best interest, might not have it at heart. So buyers, beware. So I've divided this presentation into three sections. Basically, we're going to begin with messaging for moderates and conservatives followed by some, with some brainstorming and discussion in there. Then we'll talk about leftist messaging to avoid when talking to moderates and conservatives. And all of this should lead us to a discussion of the Democrats' messaging problem, if there is one, and the wokeness debate on the left. And then you'll be able to find the recordings of our show of this meeting at Democracy Under Fire on YouTube. And you can get to that tinyurl.com slash democracy under fire video. That's where you will find the videos for this. And also you'll find the audio. I have a podcast site at Anchor for Democracy Under Fire. Let's go to messaging for moderates and conservatives. And it's really quite easy to create messaging, to reach out to moderates and conservatives. The first step is to find common values, our points of agreement. So what are some points of agreement and common values that we share with moderates and conservatives? So we, 
one thing we share in common is we all want to protect our families. Uh, so on the issue of mass mandates, mass mandates, for example, uh, protecting our loved ones is a strong value that we hold in common. And we get the vaccine and wear masks to protect our loved ones and our fellow Americans. People need to come to realize how much Trump put people's lives at risk. The truth is, or the truth that Trump and his cohorts, they didn't care whether we lived or died. And this has to sink in to people. They have to realize and recognize that Trump and his allies truly don't care whether we live or die. And I believe it's my patriotic duty to protect my family and my fellow Americans from a deadly disease. I mean, if we were being assaulted or attacked with poisonous gas by uh, another country or by somebody, a terrorist, domestic terrorist, we would tell people to wear gas masks. Uh, the fact that someone feels their rights are being abridged or their life endangered by getting a vaccination or wearing a mask only makes it a more heroic and patriotic act to do so. So I feel it's my patriotic duty to get vaccinated and to wear a mask. So, you know, why is it important to you? And remember, narcissists loves to be praised. So, so don't be afraid to use their terms. They do it to us. They use our propaganda and turn it around. Trump, for example, took Bernie's the system is rigged and used it against us. So don't be afraid to do that. And even if it just means agreeing on that things are crazy right now. And when they say, and I deal with my brother on um, this mostly, when they say things are crazy, they're talking about the crazy propaganda they're all buying and they're all believing. So one way that I've sort of thought to deal with this is to say, yeah, it's, it's unreal. It's really unreal what's happening. And people are believing crazy things. You know, and there are real threats out there, and the, div the division is one of them. So, so it's the division that is fueling the rise of authoritarianism. Uh, one writer described it this way. He said that politicians, they use chaos as a ladder, meaning that corrupt politicians use lies and confusion to take power. So. We can agree that it's important to overcome all this divisiveness and come to understand one another. In fact, it may be time for us to move away from the extremes on both the right and the left. You know, for example, people are frustrated with all the division and all the progress. Uh, I see my brother, for example, returning to things that he was interested in before Trump came along, before all this propaganda. And that's a good sign. And just talk about, you know, thing, just talk about other things is helpful too. So we begin with shared values. This means anchoring ourselves in American values, such as family, duty, loyalty, and patriotism. It's okay to be proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. At least that's what the song says. 
In fact, we are more patriotic. We are patriots. The conservatives don't own patriotism. I think we are more patriotic than they. We do this because we love America. Liberals fight for democracy because we love America and the American way of life. We are patriots. There is no such thing as patriots with Confederate flags. There is no such thing as patriotic Nazis. Only Americans who fight for the United States and not against it can be patriots. America is the land of the free. The Constitution proclaims we the people established this Constitution for the United States of America. It's good to defend the Constitution and to stand up for American values and democracy. Even believing, believing in the market economy is not a sin. And opposing socialism is sometimes based on someone's personal experience with a totalitarian regime. And that's why we have people giving money to Proud Boys because they think they're fighting socialism. So America's democracy is young. It's a mere 250 years old. And it's in decline, in part because of our failures. We have a democracy. We have a flawed democracy. We must fight for our democracy if we want to preserve it, of course. And the American way of life depends on it. Our right to vote and to elect our representatives in fair elections where everyone's vote is counted is fundamental to our constitutional rights as citizens of the United States. And there's nothing wrong with being proud of our nation's history while at the same time recognizing our failures. So this is uh, from The Economist and the same indicators where they grade democracies. And what this is showing, and as we saw on the last slide, a decline, a steep decline in democracy last year. And for actually for a long time, there's been decline, but especially last year. So what this map tells me here is a couple things. One is that we see here the United States is a flawed democracy. We get all this propaganda. United States is not a democracy. We don't have real democracy. Democracy uh, is flawed. Democracy is a failed system. And that's all that propaganda. There may be some truth to it. You know, the, Bernie said the system is rigged. There may be some truth to these things. But when we, even when there is truth to them, they discourage people from voting, from participating, and from standing up and believing in democracy. So another thing is, this is the struggle. This is the struggle. It's not a struggle between socialism and capitalism. It's a struggle between authoritarianism and liberty or democracy, tyranny versus liberty. That's the human struggle since ancient times. And that's what we're seeing here. We see what I might refer to as the Iron Curtain in Africa, 
Not that we have the enemies on the other side, but that authoritarian stronghold in Africa. And we see the lighter blue and some orange in the Americas. But like I said, America has supported democracy to some degree. It's not the worst country in the world. I mean, when we compare ourselves to Russia, China, North Korea, the monarchies in the Middle East, some of the authoritarian governments in Africa, it's at that sort of, a, don't let anybody tell you America is the worst country in the world or the most violent or the most oppressive or the evil empire. It's not. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. But the world is a violent and terrible place. History is a litany of atrocity. Now, on the issue of whether the United States is a republic or a democracy, it is both. It is a republic of democratic states. We cannot have some states choose to be democracies and others say, oh, no, we're going to be authoritarian. We're going to be dictatorships. No, not in the land of the free, not in the United States of America. No, we have democracy. That's the grand American experiment in democracy. America is the land of the free. We, the people, rule. And what that means is that we have the right to vote. When we vote, we have a democracy. When we vote for people to represent us, we have a representative democracy. This is the American way. The grand experiment in democracy. To be an American is to be free. We must never let our nation be overthrown and ruled by a dictator. America is and must remain a beacon of freedom and democracy for all the world. Now, I hear, I hear what you're saying now, okay? America is not a perfect beacon of democracy. We all know America is not perfect. In fact, in some cases, America has been the enemy of democracy. I readily admit that. Our democracy is in decline because we have failed, the United States has failed to support democracy around the world and has often acted against it. America hasn't been the perfect beacon of democracy, but it's the world's beacon of democracy, particularly in contrast to Russia, China, and nations throughout Africa and the Middle East. Let's go ahead and look at some messaging for the Freedom to Vote Act. Here we have them. Start off with shared values. Americans believe in democracy. The American experiment in democracy is at the heart of our Constitution and the foundation of our nation. To be American is to be free. We must never allow our republic to be overthrown and replaced with a dictatorship. We must pass the freedom to Vote Act to protect our democracy. The Freedom to Vote Act is a bill everyone should support. It addresses election integrity and protects voting rights. It allows for voter ID and ensures that every citizen can get an ID. It sets minimum standards for accessibility to the ballot box and requires reliable audits of elections. 
It protects against election interference and prohibits voter intimidation. It provides money for new and upgraded election equipment and makes it a crime to harass or interfere with election workers. The compromise bill put forward by Senator Joe Manchin is strong on election integrity and it protects voting rights. Both sides, Trump supporters and liberal Democrats are worried about democracy in America. Republicans are concerned about election integrity and prog progressives want to protect voting rights. The Freedom to Vote Act addresses both of these concerns. Everyone should support it. Now this I think is similar to something that Represent Us created along the same lines, except they used humor. So I wanna show you that now, and I want you guys to also think about sharing this with other people as well. Is your democracy flaccid? Trouble maintaining a strong coalition? Tired of the parade of disappointing performances? Then you might be one of the 330 million Americans suffering from electile dysfunction. I get all excited about a new bill. The debate gets all hot and heated. We'll move things to the floor. And right when we're about to achieve a joint resolution, bam. Total government shutdown. Premature capitulation. I don't know, every time I get an election, I think maybe this time will be different. Filibusting just doesn't make me feel good anymore. It's embarrassing, okay? Fortunately, there's the Freedom to Vote Act. The Freedom to Vote Act? What's the Freedom to Vote Act? The Freedom to Vote Act, what does that mean? The Freedom to Vote Act ends your tired, sagging, floppy relationship with politics by making Election Day a holiday across the country, banning gerrymandering, expanding voter access, increasing integrity, blocking foreign interference, empowering everyday citizens, and healing our democracy. Now my election is rock solid, and it works everywhere. Oh, it works everywhere. And it's safe. It used to take me forever to find the location. To, to vote. vote. <laughs> but with the FTBA, we have all day to get to the polls. And it only takes two minutes. Which I prefer, honestly. She really does. The Freedom to Vote Act is only for democracies healthy enough for electoral activity. Talk to your representative if you are experiencing greased palms, lined pockets, dictators, neo-fascists, or other pre-existing conditions, as you may not be healthy enough for the FTVA. Passing FTVA may cause an increase in being heard, power, a full expression of your inalienable rights, representation, and a rare federal condition called accountability. If you experience voting lines that last over four hours, call your senator, as they have not passed the FTVA. Talk to your senator about the Freedom to Vote Act and demand safer and more satisfying elections today. All right, so both sides have been fed a steady diet of anti-democratic propaganda. Both sides have spread half-truths about America. The truth is we have a flawed democracy that is now under attack. We've heard anti-democratic propaganda from both the left and the right for a long time already. I mentioned Bernie Sanders already and some of the other anti-democratic propaganda and how it's not fully true. We have a flawed democracy, not no democracy. 
not a failed democracy, but a flawed democracy. We've been set up to believe that democracy is a failure. The negative statements about democracy, even when true, even when well-intended, affect people's attitudes and beliefs about democracy and can discourage people from participating. The truth is, is that democracy is our only hope. The only way to social democracy is through democracy, not revolution, not ideology. The right of the people to be represented, represented in national elections is an American tradition that has spread throughout the Americas. Now the collapse of democracy in Africa is near complete and democracy is in decline around the world. The U United States is the last line of defense. And one thing I wanted to point out here too is Chile, full democracy, even after Pinochet, even after we overthrew the democratic elected government of Allende and installed a military dictator, Chile was able to come back and establish a full democracy. But even now, Chile has a problem with right-wing authoritarian government elections. They're getting the wave of authoritarianism that has swept across the world is coming to Chile a little late, but it's getting there. So even Chile now is being threatened. So we need to fight to protect our right to vote and the struggle, the central struggle of humankind is the struggle between democratic forms of government and authoritarian forms of government. The struggle in this nation is for control over the richest and most powerful nation in the world. We are the last line of defense in the struggle for human freedom. The failure of democracy in the United States will have devastating consequences for democracy around the globe. We may be coming to the end of an era of human freedom. The collapse of our political systems into tyranny may be the inevitable result of United States and Europe's failure to fully support democratic freedoms around the world. And of course, the rise of climate change is exacerbating the problem as well. So the whole situation has been a long time in coming and we've been under the influence of, for, of propaganda for a long time. Here are some things that I think we need to do. One, we need to speak the truth about the insurrection. We need to keep hitting them with the investigation and what happened on January 6th. I don't think they like that very much. And some of the more extreme members may just walk out. But January 6th is a day that must live in infamy. We must keep it. And, and the work of the select committee in the public eye. And we must not let them whitewash it. We must focus on democracy as the central shared value. We do this first because democracy and the right of the people to representation is the central struggle of humanity. Americans 
may not agree about issues of race, ideology, and religion, but they can agree on freedom, democracy, and the right of every citizen to vote. And remember those three things, race, religion, ideology. That's what they're targeting. That's the emotional hooks. Every year, we have a fight every election over race, religion, and ideology, and we're on the road to another battle. Both sides, Trump supporters and progressives, think they can win a battle over race and religion, and I think the progressives are wrong about that. Both sides should agree that our democracy, or both sides do agree that our democracy and our right to vote is sacred. But conservatives use this to try and say things like sacred is to justify limiting access to it, protecting it, limiting access. But we need to remind people that it's sacred because it's inalienable. It cannot be taken away. It's sacred because every human being has that right. God, in my opinion, as a Christian, God granted humanity the right to rule itself when he said, take dominion. The right to rule ourselves is a fundamental and sacred right. So the right of every American to be represent Congress and in state and local governments across this land is an inalienable right that must be protected and cannot be taken away. And another thing we need to recognize, these are the pillars of power that hold up any regime. And we had trainings on this before the election, actually, because everybody was worried that Trump would overthrow the democracy. And then we need to get the whole country involved to, to fight against this dictatorship. If he had been successful on January 6th or at any other of point along the way, or if he's successful in the future, we're still going to need these institutions on our side. We're still going to need these institutions to support us. We're still going to need the bulk of America coming out and supporting us. We can, we can, democracy cannot survive a divided country. As Lincoln said, a nation divided against itself must, will fall. So, and then look at these groups, military, business, religion, media. We have a lot of work to do. We're not, we've got a lot of anti-business feeling and probably a lot of anti-religious sentiment. Obviously the military is not very popular with us. So we're still gonna need to bring out middle America. We're still gonna need to bring out the bulk of America. And we're still gonna need these institutions to support us. Luckily the media is supporting the truth by telling people that the election was not stolen, that Biden actually won. And that's important. So we still are gonna need these groups. Anti-democratic forces in the Senate continue to attack voting rights, blocking two critical pieces of legislation. At the state level, 33 new laws now make it harder for Americans to vote, particularly marginalised voters and voters of colour. The midterms are looming and the right continues to spread the big lie of voter fraud in an attempt to sabotage our elections. 
don't be deterred, your vote matters. It decides who will represent us in Congress, but also who is sitting on the Supreme Court. Congress must act now to protect our democracy so all voters are guaranteed access to the ballot. Democracy only works when we tell our elected officials our thoughts you can call your senators and representatives through the Congressional Switchboard at 202-224-3121. Find out more about the John Lewis Voting Rights Act and the Freedom to Vote Act at brennancentre.org.